Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome into the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Reality Sports Online. It's a powerful fantasy platform that lets you build and manage your fantasy team like a real-life GM. The platform features the revolutionary free agency auction room and also has tons of other cool features like a rookie draft, franchise tags, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Visit realitysportsonline.com today and use the promo code PYLON for 10% off the platform fee. Uh, we are joined today uh, to kick off our fantasy week. It's actually the first ever fantasy week that we have done uh, on the ITP Quick Kicks podcast. We're joined today by Joe Redman from Numberfire. And Joe, I, I was reading through your work today, just kind of trying to make sure I was all prepped and ready to go for this. And and I got to say, it's one of the more impressive pieces of, of football uh, research and analytics that I've seen in a while. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, first of all, a huge thank you to you and, and Mark for bringing me on the show also. Um, I'm, I'm really uh, I was surprised and, and honestly honored to be kick off Fantasy Week for you guys. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super uh, proud of the work that I did. And I'm really glad that, that you, um, you know, think it's, it's as, as impressive as it, as it is. It's just something that I have really wanted to do for a while and put all my thoughts into one place. So well, talk to me just a little bit about yourself, first of all, because most people don't just sit down and decide to write a 341-page fantasy <laughs> study guide. It's not something that normal people do. So talk to me about how you got to the point where you decided you wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, so I guess going back only about three years, and I sort of touched on this in the intro to the guide this year, um, this being my first year that I've done this. Um, you know, I only found out about individual defensive player fantasy football, IDP, um, you know, three years ago. And I was playing DST, you know, fantasy defense, uh, full team D uh, football, like, you know, most of the other Jamokes out there uh, for a long, long time. And, and then finally, you know, somebody told me like, oh, you can, there's this kind of football that you can play, this kind of fantasy football where you can own guys, you know, like BJ Raji, you can play just BJ Raji instead of the whole Packers defense. I'm like, that's, that sounds great. The Packers defense sucks. I never want to play them in fantasy football. So, like, you know, I, <laughs> I just, I, I'm a huge Packer fan myself, but someone told me this and I was like, great, oh, I need to look into that. And so it just kind of is this evolution of, of discovering this format and, and digging into some of the work out there. Um, you know, there are incredible people doing this kind of stuff. Uh, Jim McCormick, um, you know, Gene Bramble, uh, the guys mostly that I found uh, started me off uh, were football guys, um, uh, analysts. And so that's where I learned most of the, what I took into this research process. And I played around with it and then started looking for just ways to do it better and, and um, you know, indulge or Im- immerse more into the format. And so it kind of just became this thing of like, well, I'm going to watch all this tape for my own leagues anyways. I might as well put it all into one spot and, and let other people look at it too. And, and hopefully at least, you know, by revealing my process, people can think through that for themselves and kind of say, okay, I see where he's going with this. I believe this thing about it. And, and that'll help teach them uh, themselves about their own processes on how to approach this kind of football. Joe, before we dig into your process, 
Uh, I, I want to go back to kind of step one for you as you started IDP. And, and talk to me about the biggest mistakes that you made. Like, looking back, everyone says, oh, if I knew then what I know now, I never would have done X, Y, and Z. What are the <laughs> biggest mistakes that you made right away? And, and are those common mistakes to people getting into it for the first time? Um, I think the big thing that... Uh, tripped me up at the get-go was not understanding how NFL scheme affects defensive players. Because in, we've talked, I mean, people have talked in the past about, you know, in the community, how a good vertical passing attack is really great for fast receivers. You can get good deep ball points, you know, from them. Um, you really want to have a balanced offense for running back points because that's a lot of extra attempts that a running back will have. Or, you know, an offense that swings passes to a running back will give you PPR points. Um, but if you're looking at uh, linebacker scoring, for instance, you know, there is a huge amount of inconsistency in week-to-week points in, like, three, four outside linebackers. But from my perspective coming into this as just a, an NFL fan in general prior to immersing in IDP, I'm going, oh, man, Clay Matthews, I know he's one of the best players in the league. I'm going to draft him. I'm going, okay, Justin Houston's incredible. I'm going to pick him. But those guys, while they still will get high total points, you know, are, are really inconsistent. Same thing with cornerbacks uh, and specifically you know, a lot of defensive backs in general. You look at that and you go, Richard Sherman and Darrell Revis, I know those guys are incredible NFL players. I'm going to go draft them. And then you get almost nothing out of them in a week. And you go, wait, why did, how did I do that wrong? And it's just because you, know, you need to realize how scheme and how um, the scoring settings, too, really heavily affect uh, IDP production. And, and so I, you know, I think that's really common for a lot of people, even in offense-only leagues. That like where I start whenever I join a league is just look at scoring settings first, you know. So talk to me a little bit about how the process that you developed and, and your rankings. How how does that work to uh, kind of build that in and make sure that you're taking that into account there? Well, so the some of the rankings in my guide specifically, um, I I've sort of done them piecemeal and then put them together at the end and. The piecemeal ones are just specifically supposed to show how each player ranks in their position through that process. So the two processes that I go through are film grading and then um, a series of metrics that we've developed at Dynasty Think Tank, um, my, my little project with my writing partner, Jay Holmes. And um, he's, he's primarily the, the metrics guy there. Um, so I you know, do the whole grading process, look at specific skills, check those boxes off, whether they were you know, sufficient or insufficient, um, you know, things like wrap-up tackling and hard-hit tackling to, to knock a ball out, you know, th- things like that. Um, and so you have those two scores then. When you combine those two scores, then that gives you more of a composite grade. And um, then from there is where you can really start to translate that into, okay, this team, this player landed in a team where, uh, you know, he might be ranked first overall for me. Uh, a guy like Noah Spence, um, he was my highest defensive lineman that came out of this class in my rankings. But had he gone to a 3-4 team, he would have been pretty useless in fantasy football because he would have been playing outside linebacker, right? And so unless you're playing in a league that really rewards sack-heavy scoring, um, those big outside linebacker points, 
he's not going to be a, a very consistent or a very valuable player. But being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer 4-3 uh, defensive end, that's like uh, the perfect spot for him to be because not only does he have good situational upside, there's not a lot of competition for him there. And it's a, a, defen- or a defensive scheme where he's going to be playing at a scarce fantasy position. So he could work in as a top 10 uh, player in dynasty formats you know, from rookie season onward. Now, when you're doing this on a week-to-week basis in your leagues, are you also looking at matchups across the line, such as if you have a team uh, that is playing against an offense that gets the ball out quickly and doesn't really allow many sacks because of that, is that a situation where you'll be altering a roster based on that in order to get into uh, you know, players that may be in a better situation just for that week? Yeah, I, I personally do. And I think it's the same thing as when you finagle a lineup uh, with an offensive side. You know, if you've yep. got, if you've got a, a Demarius Thomas going against Richard Sherman, you're probably going to downgrade Demarius in your own personal rankings. And while you might still start him, you're going to maybe want more safe players to back him up. So same way, you know, that if I... I, a great example of the past couple of years was uh, any defensive end going against Peyton Manning is a terrible idea. Rodgers, too, for a long time un- until last year. Um, because they just have these quick hit offenses, they get the ball out fast, and the line is good enough that they don't allow a ton of sacks. Um, and so if it was a, you know, even Mario Williams, you know, prior to last year, prior to his sort of, you know, uh, ego struggles with Rex Ryan. Um, you know, I we've all been through those. We've all been through ego struggles with Rex Ryan. Um, I, but yeah, I would bench Mario Williams in his prime against Peyton Manning because it's just not—he's not going to get the chance to get there. Joe, one of the things that I found impressive as I was looking through uh, this IDP draft guide that you put together, which, by the way, is absolutely outstanding. One of the things that makes it, I think, so good is the fact that you include. Uh, notes on every single play that you studied what was behind your decision to put those in there well the big thing i mean i I think a lot of people know if you follow me on twitter especially you know that i'm a teacher uh in my day job uh i just look at uh how i can reveal my process um you know how i can help people see what i'm thinking and, and that's not that anything that I write should be taken as gospel. I hope that it's good. I hope that it is right. But if I can at least reveal the process of how I got to it, you know, the, the math work behind it, then hopefully that'll inform other people's processes. And even if they come to a different conclusion, I don't think that's wrong. I think that's great because then you're making your own choices also based on good information, you know, a good process. So revealing the whole, you know, play-by-play of what the notes that I took, you know, I might see a specific moment where, uh, you know, where a defensive end took a counter move inside. I might see that as, oh, great. He's, you know, showing good lateral agility and testing uh, both sides of the left tackle. I think that's a plus. Somebody else might see that and go, you know, I, I think that's a negative because he didn't just beat him with the first move. So showing that sort of step-by-step, I think, just adds extra um, thought to it for, you know, extra meat to it for everybody involved. And, so and, I, love, I love what I do to be teachable, you know? 
And and beyond that, let's just be honest. You know, you're telling your kids to show your work. You don't want to be a hypocrite and say, I don't have to do it, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Even though I'm an adult, I've earned that privilege. No, no, absolutely. You should you should absolutely show your work. And I, I love it when somebody in this field does do that, you know, does help explain that process. I learned so much more from that, so. Yeah, and, and I, I think just being able to see it as well, you know, it, it opens it up so that, you know, people can talk and work to improve that process. And I think that's something, you know, that you really see a lot in uh, the fantasy community in general is that, you know, you see a lot of people that are putting interesting ideas out there and they're talking about how do we make this better so that we can get more data. And and I'm just impressed that you're, you know, you're doing the same thing right there. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I think that's, you're right. It's a big thing that a lot of people, you know, we, we love to see the good ideas and some people do come up with the big ideas. Uh, I'm, I will be honest. One of my weaknesses is coming up with big new concepts. I'm not typically like a, you know, a sort of innovator. Um, but I love to do the data, do the grinding and check things. I'm, I'm a really good, you know, cross checker. And so I love to look at that and say, okay, this guy, um, I don't know if you've read any of, uh, what's his, uh, Anthony Chiato's work yes. uh, with pressure production. Yep. And it's fantastic stuff. And I love looking at that and going, okay, here's how, here's the move that he used to win there. Here's the success rate of that player's move. I love that because that does give us that extra layer behind it. It's not just this guy had 10 sacks last year. It's here's how he got those sacks. Exactly. You want to know why that actually is happening as opposed to just seeing that it did happen. Folks, I want to talk to you again about Reality Sports Online. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was actually created by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency. What else? A rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, injured reserve, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much more that I can't even get into in this amount of time. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com in a mock free agency auction, and if you like what you see, use the promo code PYLON, that's P-Y-L-O-N, to get a free 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Joe, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on right now. What do you have in your queue coming up uh, that you're working on over the summer and into the 2016 season? Honestly, I took the last week off of, uh, of a lot of big projects since I got the guide out just to get my head back into you know, other space. But, uh, so I'm, I'm now getting all that back in. That big picture is coming together. It's great. Um, no, one of the big projects that I am working on right now is looking at defensive backs and um, specifically uh, why a lot of people draft them as highly as they do in IDP leagues. Um, I really am trying to push forward, and I know that, I, like I said before, I'm not the hugest uh, a big idea kind of guy, but I do want to put forward something that a lot of people in the industry, in the IDP world, talk about a lot which is zero DB, the zero DB theory. Um, and that's that defensive backs in fantasy football just don't score enough and aren't consistent enough 
where you should be drafting them over your linebackers, over your defensive ends. Um, and so I, I might run a few experiments here in the coming weeks on doing a startup without any defensive backs drafted, just picking them up and streaming them. Um, it, the same sort of theory that we go into with the zero RB or the late round quarterback stuff is it, just that it's replacement level and so you can finagle it. Um, that's one of the things that I'm specifically trying to look at. And a, a couple other things about defensive backs too, fixing D-back scoring, you know, finding a way to make your Richard Shermans as valuable as everybody else. Well, and, and, and I was going to kind of ask you about that because one of the criticisms of fantasy in general is that the players that have the highest impact in the NFL don't necessarily have the highest impact in fantasy. We've It's been talked about ad nauseum that, you know, it's always, oh, you draft a running back first, a running back first. But in the NFL, running backs are, are kind of a devalued position right now. So I'm curious what your thoughts are both, I guess, on the offensive uh, and in IDP, talking about you know what type of scoring you can do in order to set up a more realistic uh, scenario. Yeah, well, in a lot of the leagues that I play in, the first, I mean, the first big thing that I always try to look for or set up when I'm a commissioner is full team IDP. So you're starting eleven IDP players, um, you know, realistic lineups like you would set in the NFL, uh, three to four linemen, uh, you know, one to four linebackers, and four plus defensive backs. Uh, and really finding ways to up the big play value, um, you know, interceptions, you know, forced fumbles, all that sort of stuff really does benefit cornerbacks, uh, especially who, who are si- sort of a um, devalued lesser class among defensive backs and, and IDP in general. Um, I also do just really like deeper starting lineups because I think that does force you to make some sacrifices in places and, and that does get you away from the overvaluation of running backs. Um, if I have most of the leagues that I play in, you can start up to five or six wide receivers, but you can only start up to three running backs. And so if you're seeing that, you can sco- you can start you know, a, a bunch of wide receivers, but a few running backs, you're going to go, okay, well, I'm not going to have 10 guys sitting on my bench at a position I can only start three at. I might as well fill up my wide receiver stable and go from there. So I think a big part of it is starting lineup, but um, scoring too, you, the PPR stuff definitely helps to yep. boost up our wide receivers. Um, for IDP, uh, like I said, you want to look at big plays, um, and, and also, it sometimes we'll just take finagling with statistics, scoring adjustments that aren't just auto-generated. This is where we get into the really degenerate stuff, you know, <laughs> of like going in and putting in little scoring adjustments for like, yep. uh, you know, percentage of targets per team targets, you know, uh, towards that towards that cornerback um, or you know, touchdowns given up, you know, that's sort of a, that's not a tracked thing. So you'd have to go in there and do it yourself. But that's some stuff that I'm, I'm looking at playing with. And, and I've talked to a couple of guys, um, Ghost specifically, who writes for Number Fire and DLF. I've talked to about this a little bit. And uh, Sam Feldman, who also writes for Number Fire and Player Profiler too. They're, we've all sort of just kind of bashed ideas around and, and are looking at how the numbers work for this. But I think there's a way to do it if you're if you're dedicated to the idea. It just 
it might take a little more elbow grease than than the average player is willing to put in. Oh, sure. It's, I'm sure that if you wanted to do something where, uh, you know, you gave cornerbacks bonus points for any tackles they made, you know, at the line of scrimmage and run support, that's something you can work in as well as opposed to a tackle down the field after giving up a big play. Right. And that that's another thing, too, is, is cross-positional adjustments, too, can be a big thing. Um, boosting tackle numbers or boosting tackle points for defensive backs is great to give them a, a leg up on linebackers who are going to rack up 100 plus tackles in an average season. Um, so that, that's another thing too. And, and yeah, those situational adjustments of close to the line of scrimmage versus a trail tackle. Um, you know, passes defensed might get a big boost instead of tackles because that means that they didn't just let the guy catch the ball and then catch up to him. What are some of the biggest trends and biggest shifts that you've seen in the last couple of years in terms of IDP drafting? Is there anything in particular that stands out to you? Um, I think, and maybe this is just my personal evolution with it, I've noticed a lot more, um, a lot more folks being willing to, if they're going to go into IDP, uh, being willing to do slightly larger uh, immersion in the format. So uh, some of the leagues that I first was in, when I introduced the idea of doing IDP into those, they were like, oh, we only want to start three. Like, let's only start three IDP players at first. But that's not really enough to get the flavor, and then you start feeling like it's useless anyways, so why are you doing it? Um, I think, you know, more and more as this becomes a little more mainstream, people are more willing to start six, start eight, start 11, um, and go into those. I think that's a big thing, you know, among the people. Uh, I guess in terms of, of positional stuff, too, we're noticing that there is a huge swing uh, in value from, like I said before, the 3-4 outside linebacker used to not be very, very valuable. They're starting to get a little more, the elite options there are starting to get a little more valuable in, in fantasy football, uh, especially depending on your scoring format. But because the 3-4 is so widely used across the NFL, the three, four outside linebacker is more and more prevalent. So we are seeing the top 10, top 20 linebackers at the position. You know, a few more three, four players are creeping in there. And so it's interesting to see how the NFL's valuation of positions is, is really shifting things too, because the more they incorporate that scheme, the more options we get at, at those positions. Joe, we're uh, just about out of time for the day. If anyone wants to read your work or see more uh, that, you're, that you're putting out there, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, quickest, easiest way to find me is at, J, uh, at J-R underscore F-F on Twitter. That's J-A-Y-A-R-R underscore F-F. Um, I'm kind of all over the place right now, though. I Most of us a- are. <laughs> right, right. We're all kind of branching out. Uh, I, I do write for numberfire.com. Uh, you can find the college scouting stuff I do at dynastythinktank.wordpress.com. Um, and I also do the Deep League Diving podcast uh, for Nickel Press TV. So if you, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all that stuff. And that really goes into more of those deep diving uh, back end of the roster options for Dynasty formats. Great stuff. Well, Joe... Really appreciate you joining us today. It's been uh, educational for me, certainly, and hopefully our listeners feel the same. I'm sure they do. And uh, thanks again for taking the time today. Now, thank you for having me. This is a blast, Chuck. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. That is Joe Redman, and we are done for the day on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. We are back tomorrow. We're going to be joined by Matt Williamson talking a little bit more fantasy as Fantasy Week continues here. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>